When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 137. And this week, as we discussed on the end of last week's episode, Thomas is indeed back. Hello, Thomas. Yeah, we worked out, you know, the big money contract um, for another Omakase appearance, and so I'm back. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to start off by saying right off the bat that if this episode sounds weird at all, it's because I have to use my backup recorder because... Apparently, so many people are using uh, Jitsi and stuff like that. The thing I used to record normally, um, you know, I guess there's so many people usually are, are starting podcasts or recording meetings or whatever the fuck that Jitsi is just like, we're done. <laughs> it just will not, no matter how many times I sit here and hit start recording, it just will not record. It tells me uh, all recorders are currently busy with that, uh, which actually I'm realizing after I started already that I am Mike Spears uh, of everything elite and open the voice gate actually tried to warn everybody about in the slack and i completely forgot but uh until i started trying to record but i do have a backup recorder anyway so hopefully this sounds okay um you know it makes me paranoid because i don't normally have to use it but when i just tested it out again it sounded fine so hopefully this sounds okay or at least as okay as we normally sound but yeah um how you doing thomas it's uh, a great week here in the old us of a well, I mean, <laughs> where are you I'm, I'm going to at least, like, at least one of us is optimistic. You're like in Virginia, right? Uh, yes. So you guys don't have a total shutdown or anything yet? Uh, no, no, we don't. Um, it'll be soon, though, because I think Maryland already did. Yeah. So we'll get there soon enough. Here in New York, uh, everything is shut down. Cannot. Yeah. We're not even supposed to leave our houses unless it's like to walk our dogs or have solitary exercise like the governor came out and was like uh, exercise outside means walking by yourself it doesn't mean playing basketball with five people so i'm like see city kids playing basketball 
you're on notice apparently <laughs> i don't know but uh i mean i get it i'm not trying to make fun of it because we need this because otherwise we're all gonna die uh we all might die anyway because uh that's the cheery outlook things are <laughs> things are in here in new york but in the they meantime, finally closed the bars yeah and well, the bars have been closed for a few days. Like the last, yeah. the, the the latest like shutdown was more like, um, like so like I think three days ago they said the bars and restaurants had to close except for like takeout and delivery. Of course, they immediately added like they were immediately like well, you you could take out alcohol, you could deliver alcohol because I'm like otherwise <laughs> people are gonna go crazy. Um, and then like you know a few days later now the new shutdown is more like. You know, non-essential stores are shut down now. So fucking GameStop trying to call themselves essential. They can't get away with that anymore. Um, you know, like, if your offices have to go to 100% work from home unless you're, you know, quote-unquote essential. Which, you know, my, my office had already pretty much done that. Like, I worked from home all week this week. But before that, I think the regulation was, like, 50% work from home. And then, like, 75% work from home. And now it's just, like, stay the fuck home. Uh, so that's where we're at. I don't know how long it's going to be in my head. I'm telling myself at least two months, but, uh, I guess we'll say, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real fun. Yeah. There was, um, Cuomo, the, the next president is, was saying <laughs> it's going to be like 45 days until the peak. Yeah. God. It's really terrible. I saw your tweet, that tweet that you quoted was tremendous. <laughs> yeah. Because like basically New Yorkers normally fucking hate. Our governor, Andrew Cuomo, because he, he's always fucking around with the MTA and telling us basically to to fuck off for wanting the MTA fix and everything. But just having, like, a normal-sounding human being come on TV to tell us, like, you know, this sucks, but we're trying and everything will be okay is, like, such a uh, contrast to... I don't know if you've been watching these presidential fucking... Uh, you know, reports or whatever. I have not been watching them, but I still end up seeing clips and hearing people quotes yeah. on Twitter where he comes on. He's like, you know, uh, the target. I can't do a Donald Trump impression. I don't know why I'm going to try it, but like, he's just like, he's naming brands. He's like Walmart and the target and the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, please, can you shut the fuck up? It's bad enough that we're all locked in our homes. Please stop putting this fucking man on television and have him speak to us. So yes, Andrew Cuomo, in comparison, looks like presidential. Because anybody can look presidential next to the actual fucking president. So uh, that's what we're all living through right now. We're all living through hell. Here in America. If you're a non-American listener, you know, I'm, things suck in lots of places. I mean, if you're listening from Italy, you know, I'm sorry for complaining. Because it's like even worse over there. And my, uh, you know, I really, I, I had to stop reading updates on Italy because it was starting to make me feel like physically ill. But, you know, it's like, it is really horrifying out there right now. And meanwhile, Japan is like, <laughs> time to bring back some wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that was when, when DDT announced they were coming back and then like Noah announced it. And, uh, you know, basically all Japan, every, every, all stardom, Japan yeah. stardom, everybody except New Japan is now either announced they're coming back or they're like, they're coming back either eminently or like they have come back. And, you know, they have all this stuff where, like, they're going to take your temperature uh, before you get in the building. And they give you hand sanitizer. And if you look like you're unwell, like, apparently, even if you have, like, cold symptoms, they're telling you to go home. So that stuff is great, I guess. is good, I guess. But, like, you know, it does open, beg a question, like, should they be running shows at all? And, you know, that's, that, that was a hot topic on Twitter. And, 
you know, I don't really want to go deep into that because I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably about as tired of reading and hearing about the fucking coronaviruses I am. So I just kind of want to just talk about some wrestling uh, once we get past this little introduction, I guess. I mean, when we're talking about what's going on in our lives, there's nothing else, basically. So can't avoid it there. It's like that that is our lives here in the United States right now is just the coronavirus. But, I mean, I guess the bottom line on whether or not they should be running shows in Japan, if, if I was in charge, I would probably say no. Um, but, you know, I, I can understand from their perspective. It's like, well, the government gave a very... Um, what's the best word for it? Like a very, like... Uh, wishy-washy statement the day before and they're basically like well we still want them to maybe reconsider the need to hold big events but you know in areas where they're not hit hard by the virus it might be okay and we're thinking of bringing schools back so they were very much like you know they, they did not it was not like before they said do not hold events so i get why like basically all these wrestling promotions heard a a very like uh you know ambiguous statement from the government and were like well, bring it back wrestling then, fuck it. <laughs> and I get it, I guess, but, like, I am very scared of, like, the idea of finding out that, like, you know, Takashita has COVID-19 and, like, spread it to the DET locker room on this show. Like, that would that would worry me. And, you know, even though they, they, they have very few cases in Tokyo, there's still other, you know, especially, like, compared to the amount of people in Tokyo, you know, there's still hotspots like Hokkaido, which is slowly getting better. But, like, Osaka and uh, Hyogo Prefecture, which is where Kobe is, now look like they could be getting bad. So, you know, I guess the best thing I can say is Japan is in no way out of it. But things look better there than they do in the U.S., certainly. So I think it's a defensible... You know, if you're Shinshio Takagi, I totally get why you're bringing DET back. And, you know, he talked about it after the show where he's like... You know, Cirque du Soleil just laid off 95% of their staff. And, you know, we might have to do stuff like that if this goes on much longer. So, you know, I kind of get it from his perspective. And, and if you're any of promotions, it's like, well, you know, all, all other promotions are coming back. So why can't we come back? That I get. You know, once one comes back, they're all going to come back. And there's some that never went away. We, we talked about, you know, we're going to talk about Big Japan here in a second who never, uh, never went away to begin with. But, like, as far as promotions that did take a pause and take a break, I get why, you know, when one comes back, you're all going to come back. That makes sense to me. You know, amusement parks are reopening, you know, um, not all of them, but, so, like, the, a lot of the smaller ones are reopening, even though D- Tokyo, I don't think Tokyo Disney is saying anything yet or Universal Studios, but, like, a lot of the smaller ones that had um, closed are now reopening, I think, this weekend or after this weekend, I read. And, you know, they're getting ready to bring a lot of schools back and stuff. So I get why it's, like, you know, it's it's... You know, the best way I can, the best thing I can say basically, is I wouldn't get too hard. I wouldn't be too hard on, you know, the people in charge of DET or the people in charge of Stardom or whatever. Once at this point, it's like a nationwide thing. Like the country is deciding to reopen itself. You know, to to a certain degree. If that's a good or a bad decision, you know, that's a totally different topic, and I easily think it could backfire on them. I mean, you know, within a couple of weeks. We could be talking about how they all had to shut down again. I mean, that's very possible and that's very much on the table. But I don't think you can blame any individual promotion. I think it's more like just nationally, this is kind of what they're deciding to do. And whether or not you think that's a good thing, you know, it depends on what you think of their lack of cases slash lack of testing and a lot of other stuff I don't really want to go into. But it's not any individual promotion just decided to like, like don't I to me, I don't get mad at Shinshiro Takagi 
if I'm going to say it's a bad decision, it's you have to look at like the Japanese government. Does that make sense? I talked a long time, but I don't know if that, any of that made sense. No, it doesn't. I think I was saying a similar thing last week when we were talking about like all the you know poor decisions people are making in the U.S. Is that like you have to put the onus on the government to like not you know, like if the government's not like cracking down and stuff like that, you can't be like ah well they should you know just do you know close down everything or don't go here don't go there like the government is 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 the organization that should step in and like say okay you can't run shows or you can run shows yeah and the fact that they they didn't do that and gave such like a, a yellow light i guess they're like yeah it was, uh, you know back and <laughs> forth what are you gonna do i mean you know we don't want you to run shows but like we don't not not want you it's like maybe it's okay it's like when you have such like a a wishy-washy response like you said i feel like it's hard to blame promotions for coming back yeah especially like you said when i mean a lot of these promotions are probably especially ones without corporate backing are probably hanging out by a thread to begin with yeah so i don't know i mean look they the best thing you can say is at least you know fans are not coming back immediately like the, the numbers are still down everywhere so at least they're spread out and hopefully not infecting each other as badly i don't know um, it's, it is what it is, you know, I mean, I don't, I, me speaking personally as someone who has a podcast to discuss this stuff and as someone who is locked inside their apartment, you know, I hope it goes great. I hope they're all able to stay open without any kind of outbreak. And I hope I have Japanese wrestling to watch and talk about while I'm stuck in my apartment for the next two months. But do, do I think it was a great idea? And do I think they should have come back this soon? And am I very worried that they're just going to have to shut down again in a few weeks? The answer to all those questions is yes. So... You know, I hope I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong, and I hope everything goes great in Japan. And you know, there there are societal reasons why the virus may have a harder time spreading there. First and foremost, being that every goddamn person in the country is wearing a mask, which you know, I think people don't understand how much that actually can help uh, because you know that America told basically told everybody don't wear a mask; it won't help you not get the fucking uh, coronavirus, but the issue with, I mean, first of all, the number one reason why they said that is because um, we don't have enough masks for everybody to wear, and we don't have enough masks for our healthcare system, let alone for the entire country to buy and wear them. But the fact is that if everybody is wearing a mask, including the people who have the coronavirus and don't know it, the damn thing is going to have a harder time spreading. I mean, that's just basic logic. So yeah. I do think that probably is a big factor why things don't aren't as bad there and you know the schools being closed down very early is probably another reason but as it reopen as things reopen mass or not i am very worried about them having a bigger outbreak i mean there are definitely signs of it in in osaka and hyogo already so you know they said it could be up to three thousand cases within a week so i'm you know i'm worried um i definitely think we won't see if you if you have a promotion with shows scheduled out there i think they are very likely to be canceled in the next month or so yeah, I think as... even Big Japan was canceling shows there. Yeah, so. so I think that's become like the new hotspot. I think as long as the virus doesn't have a big outbreak in Tokyo, which is, it's kind of amazing it hasn't given how, like half the country is in that Tokyo area, if you include, you know, Yokohama, which is like very close by. So um, the fact that they haven't had any major outbreak is pretty remarkable. And, you know, I think just as long as it stays that way, um you know, promotions will probably just stick to Tokyo and just run, you know, I mean, what's, you know, promotions run more shows in Tokyo than anywhere else, even when there isn't viral outbreaks anywhere else. So I'm sure they could survive just off of Tokyo. 
but uh you know I, I guess they'll keep running as long as it, they're able to and you know if, like it's the same thing like with these empty arena shows even if someone gets coronavirus in a wrestling promotion that that promotion probably will shut down i mean that that probably is what shut down dragon gate who was going to keep running is uh you know there was that report that yosuke santa maria was sick i don't know if uh she actually had the coronavirus but anyway uh <laughs> happy talk but let's move over to uh the actual wrestling shows because uh at least that was more you know at least we could talk about something other than a goddamn virus for two seconds so the first show we're going to talk about is ddt judgment which took place on march 20th at Corican hall um this is the ddt 23rd anniversary show so if you're wondering this show it moving to Corican had nothing to do with the coronavirus i saw some people on twitter that seemed a little confused about that because normally this is a Ryo goku show but basically what they decided to do this year was move um Peter Pan from, you know, in, I mean, last year it was an old award. Most years it's in Ryogoku as well. But they moved Peter Pan to Saitama Super Arena. So, you know, June 7th, that's going to be a gigantic show at Saitama. And, you know, they're, they're still doing another Ryogoku show in November as like a double header or a double weekend with Pro Wrestling Noah, who's now under the same banner. So, since they have a Ryogoku show and a much bigger show, they decided basically to move Judgment to Corican. Uh, in hindsight, that's a you know a great that that works out really well with the coronavirus because I think it probably was a lot easier to make the decision to hold this show still at Corican than it would have been at Ryogoku. Um, but you know that's it, the actual decision to do that has nothing to do with the coronavirus. So uh, the show drew 916 fans, which um, really isn't that much worse than a lot of DDT Corikans. A lot of them draw around between 900 and 1100. I think this card. In normal times, probably would have drawn at least a few hundred more. Um, you know, maybe maybe closer even to a sellout. I'm not really sure, but you know, nothing's going to sell out right now. So, and you know, nine sixteen. I don't know how how you feel about it, Thomas, but that was more than I expected. Yeah, that's the um, the second best Corkin number of the month so far. Obviously, only behind Real Japan. <laughs> the very accurate. Definitely did. Definitely did draw one thousand sixty nine fans. Yeah, yeah, for that sure. That number is not inflated at all. You know. Yeah. I mean, definitely a real number. Um, but yeah, I mean, like as far as the show itself, I mean, I think you, it was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, you'd like to think in normal circumstances this would sell out Corkin. Um, so I think it was at least like 1,400 probably. Yeah. Yeah. It would have it came close. Like the 1,600 range, that's like a virtual sellout. And yeah. so the fact that it's still like the virus is still probably cutting 40% of the attendance or, or somewhere around there yeah. from the show. Um, shows you that it's still like definitely a fear among, among the public in Japan, even if it's better than it is here. Oh yeah. I mean, I know multiple people who live over there who've told me they're just not going to go to shows until they're more confident that, you know, the virus situation's under control over there. Uh, but yeah, so March 20th, that was only, that was yesterday, actually. Wow. So this was 11.30 a.m. on Friday because it was a, a national holiday over in Japan. Um, the uh, It opened with an exhibition match uh, with Katsada Higuchi defeating Jordan Heatley with the Canadian backbreaker in 350. I did not see this. Did you see this? Um, I, I did, actually. It was like, I want to say, three, three and a half minutes long. Um, you know, a standard squash. I thought Heatley actually looked pretty good. 
Um, I don't believe I've seen him before. Maybe I have. Um, but he looked good, and, you know, Higuchi's offense is really impressive looking, so this was a fun squash. Uh, yeah, I mean, Higuchi's a guy that we've been wanting to get a push for a while, and I was a little surprised at the end of the show that he wasn't the guy that ended up getting the title match um, the next day upcoming title match uh, against Masada Tanaka. Um, but I feel like he'll be up near the main event scene, you know, soon enough. Yeah, I mean, Eruption's clearly designed to get him over so uh the show opened proper with yoshiaki yatsu coming out to open the show um he'll be returning to the ring from a leg amputation so basically they designed him a special uh prosthetic you know to specifically designed to wrestle to wrestle with so that's a pretty cool story i mean i'm sure we could all use a uh, a positive public interest story at this point so that was a pretty cool little little story. And he's going to make his return on June 7th at the Saitama Super Arena for Wrestle Peter Pan. I, I wanted to look up and see. I think I may have seen this guy wrestle in Chikara way back in the day. Um, but I'm going to check now. It could be confusing him with someone else. But... This isn't the guy. I feel like there was another old guy that got injured in DDT. Yeah. But no, it's not Takayama. You think you think Takayama, I think. Oh, I guess I'm confusing uh, with someone else. Cage match does not have him ever wrestling in Jakarta, so I guess I'm thinking of somebody else. But the point is, either way, he is in fact a uh, you know a wrestler who's been around a while, and he hasn't wrestled since. Oh wait, he wrestled in 2019. Wow, not that long ago. So he wrestled was June, it yeah, June second, 2019. Yeah, PT. yeah, and I think he got hurt. Yeah. So he's gonna Maybe be. He... I don't know. Yeah. So he's going to be coming back with a with this special leg prosthetic at Peter Pan. So cool little cool little story there, um, you know. Like I said, we could all use a positive story right now. The opener was the Hideki Okatani debut match: Naomi Yoshimura and Keigo Nakamura defeating Shun Katsumata and Hideki Okatani when Yoshimura pinned Okatani with a lariat in six oh one. I thought this was a fun little opener, a three star or so match. Uh, not much really stands out except obviously, uh, you know, Yoshimura and his lariats and stuff. What'd you think of this opener? I went three and a quarter on it, so a little higher than you. I actually thought it was a really fun little opener. Um, Shunma and uh, Naomi Yoshimura's exchanges were, were very good. Okatani didn't, you know, stick out that much to me. Um, I think Kiko, on the other hand, is, is very good. He's obviously a little bit more advanced at this stage. In his um, at an advanced stage in his development, mm-hmm. um, but DDT's dojo system has been, you know, great for a while. So I have complete faith that these two will, will turn out all right. Uh, the second match, so it was supposed to be an Iron Man Heavy Metal White Title uh, delayed entry battle royal, but um, when Torawashi was coming out, and by the way, he he had been champion for like sixty five days, so he had this really long rank going, and he got pinned by Masa Takanashi with a schoolboy coming out for this match. So I'm like, yes, of course that's the way a sixty five day Iron Man title ring would end. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> basically everybody rushed out at once, so they just turned it into a regular battle royal. Um, so what happened here was um, basically Owashi like I. I think this was a virus joke, which I don't know if, you know, if you're if you're listening, you might not be ready for a virus joke, but that's what they did. Uh, Owashi and Yamato both rode up Masa and pinned him, so they're both champions, so we've multiplied from one to two. And then Owashi, Watase, 
uh, Yuki Onaya and Don Shokudino rolled up those two. So we went from two champions to four champions. So uh, it's spreading, I guess. But Hirata <laughs> says, basically, my mission is to reunify the championship and reign as king. So he was basically, you know, Japan... To, to get this joke, I guess you need to know that, like, you know, the Japan at one point was like a lot of little warring states. And, you know, it took a... It, it took a or the shogun to like reunify the land and that kind of thing. So that was basically what Hirata was trying to do. He was trying to reunify the uh, the the open weight the the Iron Metal Iron Man Heavy Metal weight <laughs> title, uh, and he had to do that slowly. He pinned first. He pinned Watase to become one quarter of the champion. Then he pinned Yuki Naya to become half the champion. Then he pinned Antonio Honda to become three quarters champion, and finally. He pinned Don Shokudino to become the full champion. And then, of course, he immediately lost to Hoshi. So after all that, Owashi just fucking leaves the title. So Right back to her, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. The the virus joke. <laughs> well, they're know. doing, they're, maybe it's just not too soon over there. But it, it did feel a little too soon over here. So. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but yeah, and they were also doing like a fucking um, a, a street fight, a street match in a in a clinic with two old people to <laughs> raise awareness. And I'm like, to raise oh. awareness. I'm like, okay. I'm like, again, yeah. this this might be. I mean, people laugh when they announced it, so I assume it's not looked at as poor taste there. But I'm like. Okay, <laughs> over over here while I'm locked in my apartment. I don't know how funny it is, but sure. Anyway, um, but yeah. So they after that they disinfected the ropes and especially the corner. Don Shokudino's ass was out in for a long time, and the crowd started laughing. And you know, referee Matsuri was like, "Don't laugh. It's not. This is serious. We're trying to protect people's safety." But everybody thought it was a joke, basically. So. There you go. Uh, match number three. Shima, Soma Takao, Mad Polly, and Eldon demand the Business Alliance, which I, I love that name, defeating Shinya Aoki, Mao, Mike Bailey, and Makoto Oishi when Soma Takao pinned Oishi with the Mad Splash and 924. Um, you know, this was fun. I'm First of all, I'm very... I'm glad Mike Bailey could get in the country before... Like, he got into Japan, I guess, like right before the 14-day quarantine thing started. So now if you if you come from Europe uh, into Japan, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Like, that's... I don't know if it's required or suggested, but it's definitely... You're supposed to do it, either way. Um, I, I want to say it was required, because I feel like there were a lot of people that were planning on going to Japan that canceled after that. Yeah. News came out on Twitter, yeah. Um, and then Linda Man, like... It, so this match itself, like, basically... Uh, Mao and Mike Bailey, of course, the Moonlight Express. Uh, they were able to reunite here since Bailey got in the country in time. Um, the match itself, I, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, the highlight to me was probably Linda Mann attempting to do the Mike Bailey kicks like a dipshit, which was really funny. Uh, when he like tried to basically like that was so good. <laughs> he had this look so on good. his face that's like Ellen <laughs> is a great comedy wrestler, so uh, you know he's great. Yeah, yeah, high marks for that. Uh, then we got like a Mad Splash train ending where everybody doing Mad Splashes. That was pretty great too. And it ended with Soma doing the last one. So I had a lot of fun with this. Three and a quarter. And you know, this is basically the theme of this show for me is going to be three star matches. So this was another one, three and a quarter. Yeah, I'm slightly higher than you on this one again. I went three and a half. Great to see Mike Bailey back. Like, 
I love the guy so much, and it's a shame that he had these issues, but he's back now. I know they're challenging for the tag titles pretty soon. So I'm just really happy about that because he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, match number four, Hiroshima, Naomichi Marafuji, and Yuki Ureno defeating Akito, Yuki Ino, and Royce Chambers when Hiroshima pinned Akito at the Somato in 1033. Um, you know, first of all, I didn't see the Royce Chambers singles match from the you know the dojo so once he really got going here i was like ah i see why this man is so heavily hyped in the voices wrestling slack because he is very flippy and if there's anything the voice of wrestling slack loves it is men who flip so uh he does a lot of flips everybody but i mean it's not a critique he's very good at what he does but like if there's like i said there's any wrestler quality that the uh, the general voice of wrestling populace loves it is definitely flips um, but yeah I thought again three and a quarter again a fun little match the best part was when Eno just started ripping dudes heads off at lariats lariats to me are the flips for uh, <laughs> the voice of wrestling slack if you do a good lariat I'm gonna I'm gonna love you but yeah it's a good little match Um, yeah uh, Royce Chambers I feel like I'm still unsold on him. I think he's he's decent at what he does. He's he's maybe even good at what he does. Um, that's not the style that I personally identify with the most. Um, similar to you, uh, his singles match against Chris Brooks, I did see it. I thought it was good. Um, nothing to go out of your way to see, but it was good. And this was kind of the same level. It was like, yeah, this was a good little match. Um, you know, definitely above above average, but nothing to you know get too excited over. Three three and a quarter star range. Which was like you said, kind of the um, the name of the game for this show for the most part. Um, so yeah, I'm Hiroshima and Marufuji uh, teaming up at uh, Peter Pan at Saitama. I think was announced a little later, so that should be fun. I, I think they worked pretty well together here, uh, and I'm excited to see that. Uh, match number five: Tetsuya Endo, uh, T Hawk, and Nobuhiro Shimatani losing. To Katsada Higuchi, Yu-Gi-Oh! Sakaguchi, and Saki Akai. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! pinned Shimatani with the God's Right Knee in 9-15. Um, this may have been my match of the night. It's probably close between this and a couple others. I, all the same rating. But uh, this this remember, this one I remember liking a lot. And, you know, I, I love Eruption. I pretty much really enjoy almost anything they do together. And I, I, I think they should be six-man champions. I don't really know why they aren't because they're the the best six-man team in this company by a mile right now. Um, so start out with everybody working over Saki, including a really hard chop by T-Hawk when he, like, very carefully arranged her arms to either side and then just, like, laid her out with his chop. Um, you know, and then eventually the eruption eruption dudes came in and really made the big comeback. And then Sakaguchi absolutely murdered Shimatani with that knee to the face. That was a great finish. Uh, I went three and a half. Lots of good action here. And... Afterwards, we got Royce cashing in his Anytime Anywhere contract on Endo, who holds the Saitama Super Arena sword, the sword to challenge for uh, the KOD Openweight title in the main event of Peter Pan. So, what do you think of this one before I get to that little match? Um, I thought, yeah, I thought this was really good, just like you. I went three and a half, um, which is the same as you. Eruption, like you said, they're, they're so good. Uh, I think I saw they're popping up in, like, Ganbare in a show that's making a couple days from now, which should be fun. Um, they're, this is like one of my favorite units um, in wrestling right now. And I think um, the business alliance is also up there. But 
a really great match, like you said, uh, in Sakaguchi. Um, one of my favorites, and I'm glad that he got the pin here, and he'll be moving on to bigger and better things, I think, later on on the show. For sure. Uh, after that, we had the cash-in match, which this was awesome. Uh, as far as like a really quick sprint, Endo beat him to retain the contract in 442 with the Shooting Star Press. Uh, the, I liked how the DT English account, uh, DT, DT Pro underscore ENJ, uh, he basically pointed out that Chambers is going back to Australia and no Japanese people can enter Australia right now So he'd have a, because of the coronavirus. So he would have a great chance to retain this uh, sword all the way to June 7th if, uh, you know, he, he had won here. But it didn't happen. Uh, this was just a really crazy sprint with them treating Canadian destroyers and sunset flip power bombs and, like, really, like, packing as much as you can to under five minutes. And I thought Chambers looked way more impressive here than he did in that six-man tag. Um, you know, mostly because he, you know, he wasn't just flipping, basically. Like, he was, you know, he showed off a little more range in this little under five-minute match than he showed in that six-man. But, yeah, I thought it was really good. I went three and a half on this match, which is, you know, hard to go that high in a match under five minutes, but I really loved it. Yeah, I actually did the same. I went three and a half on this. Um, I love I loved it as a little sprint, um, you know, high action, um, still some flips. I mean, yeah. still a very flippy match, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, we're getting how many, I mean, I don't even know how many of the gauntlets are left now. We're getting, I think there's three, um, down to, yeah. there's three left plus the sword or, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Cause, uh, Sasaki cashed in and Chambers cashed in. I think yeah. that's it so far, yeah. but yeah. Um, are you going to go on your rant again on how Chambers should have cashed in after no, the main event? I already made my point. So <laughs> I don't have to repeat myself. I'm very, uh, not, not a big fan of being repetitive. So. There you go. <laughs> uh, the semi-main event for the DET Universal title, Daisuke Sasaki defeating Chris Brooks with the crossover face lock in 2035. Uh, Brooks fails in his V1, and Sasaki becomes the second DET Universal champion. Um, first of all, Sasaki in the pre-match video basically said, I, he said, like, I can't deny it, I'm an aging old dog, because Brooks would say he's going to put, put the old dog down. But And he said, if I lose today, I'll quit Damnation and be Chris's young boy. Drive him around and shit. But Chris Brooks has to pay for the car and pay Sasaki $4,000 a month. <laughs> Just like, like, what the fuck? What kind of stipulation is this? If I lose to you, I will be your young boy, but you have to pay me four k a month. I'm like, okay. I would like to lose a match with that stipulation, too. Uh, but yes, Chris... So... The match itself, I think you and I are going to be, from what I saw before, you and I are going to be uh, very different on this one. I thought it was, you know, it's not like I thought it was bad, but given what Brooks had done in DET so far and that, that Sasaki's normally awesome, I just thought it didn't really, like, quite get to the level I thought it would be. Um, you know, it started out with some brutal stuff, like Brooks, like, stepping on his wrist while it was, like, stuck in the barricade, which made a very nasty sound. And they did, like, a centon off the barricade for good measure. Uh, there was like the Russian leg sweep into the chairs, which looked like it really sucked. But then I thought it got really slow and boring back in the ring. And I thought Chris Brooks selling left a bit to be desired during the Suzuki Heat segment. I think that's probably one of the weaker aspects of his game in general. And I, you know, I just didn't think it was very good here. Um, after that, it picked up, you know, with a big double arm suplex by Brooks. And then kind of went down again. <laughs> just like that was a big spot, but it never really got going after that. And then the the run-in started, and, 
you know, that sometimes the damnation run-ins land with me, and sometimes they don't. And this one, you know, at the end, and with a 20-minute match that I didn't love up to that point, it really just took me down even more. Um, but, you know, once after that point, it got really good again, <laughs> like, after all the run-ins. And, like, you know, there's this big, giant sit-out tombstone and a diving knee strike for two counts, and it was really picking up. And Sasaki did, like, this awesome counter with a praying mantis bomb into the cross arm lock for the submission, so the finish was great. So, like, if you just watched the last, like, I don't know, two or three minutes, you think this match was awesome, but the, like, everything from when they got back in the ring until then, I thought was pretty, like, eh. So, you know, I can't go higher than three and a quarter. Like, there was some, the stuff in this match I loved, I really loved, but there was just so much that I just didn't think was very good or was, like, pretty boring. So, it's pretty much where I'm at with this one. Yeah, uh, like you said, I'm a lot higher than you on it. Um, I, I definitely agree the peaks were very high. I just don't think the lows were as low, I think, as, as you thought they were. Um, the the work was slow at some points. I just never thought it got dull or boring, at least for me. And the run-ins, like you said, I'm the same with run-ins um, in DDT they, uh, with, with Damnation and Sasaki. I mean, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It worked here for me. I, I don't specifically know why it did, um, but I thought it, it added to the match of, you know, Brooks trying to come, you know, overcome, you know, the the uh, the the quote unquote heel group, and then you had his tag partner Masa Takahashi coming out um, to fight them off, and I thought that was a good little um, side story within the match. And all in all, really good match. I ended up going four stars. Um, my match of the night by a pretty wide margin. Uh, yeah, I really loved it. Well, I shouldn't say really loved it, but I thought it was really good. Um, the length was my biggest issue with it. I think you could have chopped off some of the time in the middle. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I think I would have said it was a, a match you got anyway to see. Uh, the main event, the KOD Openweight title, Masao Tanaka defeating Kanosuke Takashita with the rolling elbow in 2256. A little bit surprising, I think, but uh, Takashita goes down here. Uh, his second defense. So this is another one where, like... Um, I have big critiques with it, but the peaks, again, were very high. Um, before the match, Takashita mentioned that Tomohiro Ishii versus Tanaka, uh, I think from 2012 for the Never title in New Japan, is one of his three favorite matches ever, so it became very obvious what they were going for. But the problem was, like, you know, if they wanted to do that type of match, they just should have done that type of match and, done, and gone, like, 15 minutes. The big issue was, like, the fucking leg bullshit. I'm like... This happens a lot with Takashita, where he wants to do these leg matches, and, like, first of all, his his selling is not at all the best part of his, you know, same thing as Chris Brooks, where, like, he, like, Takashita's not a world-class seller. I mean, he, especially when it comes to, like, body parts. Like, as far as, like, um, you know, selling and building, a, a, like, a match, like, of a, you know, more, quote-unquote, normal match, you know, he is good at that, and he can, but his biggest strength to me is his offense, and, you know, the fact that he can do this high-impact stuff and really, uh, you know, keep up a really strong match pace and, you know, have these really strong and, you know, quote-unquote epic matches. But, like, you know, his body part selling is not at all his strength. And, like, you know, the, to, Masato Tanaka go, works over this leg with uh, with a chair against the post early, like, stays on it forever. But, like, you know, Takashita, he'll, he's fucking clutching the leg one second and then... The next second, he's totally fine hitting his, like, a picture-perfect corner-corner drop kick using a chair. And then the next second, he's back to clutching the leg. And then he just fucking forgot about it. I'm like, just don't do that fucking spot then. Like, why are you guys so, 
Like, that's always my thing with the like song. I get when people are like, oh, well, you don't have to be a selling fetishist. It's like, pro wrestling is fake. You can decide what you're going to do. If you want to do a leg match, then just do a fucking leg match and make it work for the entire match. There have been, so, like, leg matches that are my favorites ever. Like, uh, what the fuck am I thinking? Like, I think Takashita against Shima did, like, a fucking leg match where he actually was really good at signing the leg. Yeah, with that, yeah. like, like, and he actually like committed to it, and it and it played into the finish, and it was great. So I, I guess I shouldn't even say he can't do it because like, he did it once or more. But like here, he was fucking awful at it. I think he has been awful at it in other matches too. So I don't know if the Shima one was just a fluke or what. But uh, but yeah, I loved that match, which I I loved a lot more than a lot of people loved it. And you know, another one, Naito and Michael Elkin, I went five stars on. That was a leg match. Um, Love that match. Yeah, um, and it's like when a leg match is good, a leg match is really good, but you have to fucking. First of all, it has to be the entire thing and it has to play into the finish. You can't just do, you know, I mean, if you want to do a couple leg moves and then move on, it's one thing. But you can't fucking slam a chair into a leg and, you know, act like you've been shot and then just immediately like, oh, never mind, leg's fine. It's like, well, then why did you, do, like, this is, again, this is fake. Why did you do that then? Like, why <laughs> did you choose to do that spot? Just don't do that spot and don't fucking act like your leg is falling off and the rest of this match makes so much more sense and is such a better match. So that's why that's a, you know, that's my big com, you know, that's my big complaint. I, I hate when wrestlers do that, when they do the leg selling and they act like their fucking leg has been chopped off and you know the next second they're fine. It's like if you want to do a leg match, do a leg match. If you don't want to do a leg match, you don't want to play into the finish, you just want to do the spots you want to do, then just don't do the fucking leg spots. It's really not that complicated. Um, but yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, everything after that was, you know, really good. You know, Tanaka with this, like, enormous lariat leading into a superplex, and then they... Well, I should say everything was really good because there were still some spots that, like, I don't know, felt oddly forced to me. Like, the, yes. the repeated suplex no-sell spot that I think some people really liked, it just felt weirdly, like were trying too hard to be a certain type of match. It didn't really feel natural. There was still some stuff I really liked, like, uh, you know, the the ridiculous, like, air raid crash off the top and the turnbuckle pad by Takashita. That was awesome. Um, you know, the sliding D exchanges were really good. Um, everybody, like, basically, they both took turns uh, hitting and ducking lariats where Takashita finally hit one for two. That was a really cool spot. Um, and the ending was really good. And this is all, like, why I ultimately thought it was a good match, you know, where, like, they, Takashita's, like, almost dead, and he keeps trying to fire back up, and he keeps trying to fire back up. But, like, you know, Tanaka just fucking basically shrugs him off and hits one last rolling elbow for the pin as, you know, Takashita basically just had nothing left. Like, all that stuff was really good, and it really made Takashita look, uh, it made Takashita look more badass than he has in a lot of his wins, honestly, where, like, he just went down fighting, basically. that The finish was really well done. Uh, you know, I, it elevated like a quarter star for me, probably just with the finish. But you know, I can't go. Like, the highest I can go on this is three and a half. I mean, I think it was a good match. You know, it had a lot of good stuff in it, but the leg stuff was so fucking bad. Um, they just should not have done it. And you know, like I said, some of it came off as forced. Um, you know, they definitely wanted this match to be more epic than it was. I think so. That's why I can't. You know, I can't get close to four stars really. But. It was a good, you know, it was the, the stuff that, again, the peaks, the the finish, and the lariats, and, you know, the splashes, and the air raid crash, like, all that stuff was really good, but the, you know, the leg stuff was just really drags it down for me, as does, like, that that suplex no-sell spot I thought was kind of stupid, too, so. 
Yeah, like a lot of the spots felt like, like you said, forced or disjointed, or they were just doing spots to do spots because they thought it would look cool. Like the suplex no spell spot, like you said, I'm going for the Ishii Tanaka vibe. Um, and the leg work, like I'm not I'm not someone that is, like you said, a selling finish. Like that is not me at all. I can overlook it a lot of the time, but it was all that Tanaka did for the first 50, 60% of the match. And it like, it, it never played back in. There was one like um, top rope, like basement drop kick to, to the other side. Um, that Takashi like briefly held the knee after, and other than that, I feel like he never sold it again for the rest of the match. I was like, why did I waste my time on the first half of the match? Like, just just do a little sprint. Um, if you're trying to get you know big Ishii match vibes, um, and like just do that. Like the whole match just felt so disjointed and forced, and like they were just going place to place. I never really could get into it. Um, and yeah, I. I like the finish a lot, um, but not enough to, like, save it for me. Like, I was just out of it watching this. Like, it, it never really grabbed me until the ending. Um, and so I was – I gave it a Gentleman's 3 because the, the the moves were – the moves with a Z were cool, and I really did enjoy the finish. Um, but, yeah, really under-delivering for two guys that I normally really, really, really like. Um, yeah, just a little disappointing. So there you go. Uh, overall, you know, you definitely have to call this a disappointing show. Um, I don't know if some some of the wrestlers just uh, don't have a. I don't know. I mean, they, maybe some of the wrestlers just like weren't really feeling it yet. Maybe they need more time to get the rust off of working in front of people. Um, you know, it's a, it, I, I totally could see that. Honestly, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. Um, we'll see as more promotions come back in the next week, if that's the case for other companies. Um, so, I mean, so, but yeah, I mean, like, as far as the main matches, it just wasn't a ton here that, like, I would say you have to go out of your way to see. Uh, it's not like the show was bad, because, you know, we, we gave almost everything three stars. I mean, it was a, f- a perfectly enjoyable watch, but, like, you know, definitely nothing you have to, like, rush out to see if you're not, especially if you're not a normal DET fan. It was great to see DET in front of fans, although, like, we talked about at the start, the, uh, is this really a good idea part, of, like, hung over everything, for me at least. But, uh, you know, other than that, that was great to see them back in front of fans. But, uh, you know, just there wasn't anything here that, like, I think it's, like, must-watch. I don't know if you Yeah, just... I definitely agree with that, with that assessment of the show. Like, a fine show... Um, that just, I mean, the first half of the show, I thought was building up to, I mean, if the top two, really, if the main event delivered, I would come on here and call this a very good show, but the main event just kind of left a poor taste in my mouth. It was like, you know, could have shaved some time off, you know, could have, the whole, I'm not going to go on a rant again, but (laughs) the main event, just like, if that had just like knocked it out of the park, like I know it could have, I mean, I would say this was a very good show, um. Yeah. Still one of the better shows that we've gotten, you know, since since the, the wrestling hiatus, um, I would say. Not not a crazy high bar to clear. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh so if you're if you're in by the way, also should mention I haven't watched them yet, but Tokyo Joshi also came back on the March twenty first, the next day, Itabashi Green Hall mm-hmm. and drew two hundred ten fans. That's a you know really? almost, almost wow. selling that out. So a lot of people wanted to see Tokyo Joshi, I guess. Uh that's and a that has, like, another Mia versus um, Natsumi Maki match. Yeah. So that'll be really good. 
That, so, I don't think that makes sense for a couple of days. But oh, okay. So there you go. It's delayed, yeah. Uh, Gambare also had a show on the 21st at Itabashi Green Hall that drew 135 fans. So, you know, a lot of people. And that's the one you talked about where uh, Eruption worked the show. Um, yeah. So what's coming up for DET? The next show is on the 23rd. Uh, we have from Kanazawa Distribution Hall, as far as I know, that's still going ahead. Uh, the main event is Konosuke Takashida, Shuma Katsumata, and Yuki Ino defending the six-man titles against Tetsuya Endo, T-Hawk, and El Linda Man. So, there you go. And then the 24th for Basara and Shinkiba First Ring has uh, Masa Takanashi from DDT defending the Union Max title against Fuminori Abe. So That's going to be good. Yeah. And then the next work in is... Um... Tanaka Sakaguchi. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. yeah. And Moonlight Express against Nautilus are the tag yeah. champs. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, also, Tokyo Joshi has a March 28th Shinkiba show with uh, Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe defending the Princess Tag Titles against Maki Ito and Raku. So that was supposed to take place on March 1st. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. they finally got rescheduled for March 28th. Do you? Do you know if Chris Brooks lives in Japan now? Uh, I think he's there for like a year. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. so, I was looking at DDT English Update was was putting out just like some upcoming matches, and he's scheduled for a match in about a month from now. Um, so I guess I guess he's probably staying there, or they're not worried about the the fourteen day quarantine thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's Ooh. DDT. Let's move over to our other uh, promotion that we're trying to talk about today, which is Big Japan. Uh, they had on March 16th, because again, Big Japan, don't give no fucks about the coronavirus, uh, the Dai Nippon Pro Wrestling 25th Anniversary Stardust Superstars from Yokohama Bunka Gymnasium in front of 1,025 fans. So definitely not a good crowd at Yokohama for their 25th anniversary. But, you know, I mean, this March 16th, you're talking about that's even before the Japanese government was like, eh, maybe it's okay. <laughs> you know, that's like several days before they even made made like the yellow light recommendation whereas like here it's like you know pretty much they shouldn't it's they should not be running the show according to the japanese government so i'm not surprised only about a thousand fans decided to show up uh they have plenty of space to social distance the show would look like so <laughs> uh but yeah as far as the, I, i'll start at the top and go down because there's really like only one match in the show that I really want to talk about that I have any the undercard was so fucking bad. Well, we'll talk. We'll get. We'll go through. I, I actually thought the undercard was okay. The the only thing I thought was, I thought like some of the main matches were kind of like eh, but the main event, the death match heavyweight title, Yuji Ito defeating Abdullah Kobayashi in seventeen thirteen with the Dragon Splash to become the new champion. Uh, I don't have a lot of strong thoughts on this. I just thought. Uh, you know, it was a generic Big Japan death match. It wasn't anything. It, I I I didn't listen to the Voice Wrestling flagship yet, but apparently they really. I know Joe Lanza and the in the Slack was saying he really hated this, so I was I guess I was expecting it to be a lot worse than it was. To me, it was just kind of there. I don't know. It wasn't like like I, it didn't really feel like a match that like. I you know I would I would not it's nothing like that Takeda title death match where I'm like you have to see this this is really good you know forced plus stars but it wasn't like you know I fucking hated my the experience of watching or anything it was just a very generic death match to me like uh, a lot of light tubes are broken uh, either one with a splash off the top with the blue covered light tubes just kind of run the mill to me I don't know nothing really stood out good or bad 
Yeah, I guess it was kind of a run-of-the-mill death match. Um, I just really like run-of-the-mill death matches in Big Japan. I, I really do enjoy the house style. And I think they did some some cool stuff. Um, there were some brutal-looking spots with the chairs. I liked how they they stepped on all the light tubes at the very beginning of the match. So no matter what they did, it would be in all the broken um, shards. I thought that was a, a nice little touch. I mean, if you're going to do a 25th anniversary match for Big Japan, I think we said this last week, Kobayashi and Ito is, is kind of the match to do. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I went three and a half stars. I was, I think, looking for some positive because I really hated the rest of the show. This was my match of the night um, mm. by a pretty good margin, which I know you don't agree with. But, mm. yeah, three and a half for me. I thought it was, it was a good good death match, um, but, but definitely not anything to go out of your way to see. So here's the one where I am going to be the hot take master because uh, I know apparently everyone else on Earth hated this match except for me. I really liked Daichi Hashimoto defeating Daisuke Sekimoto in 22:35 with a vertical drop DET to retain the strong World Heavyweight title, his third defense. Um, look, here's what I'm going to tell. I'm going to give you a bunch of caveats before I get into this. I went in with the lowest expectations possible because basically everyone I heard just said this match is awful. This match sucks. It fucking it's fucking terrible. So when you go into a match with the expectations that's going to be like the worst shit you've ever seen. You know, that's going to affect your rating, right? That's going to affect your, you know, your perspective on it because you're expecting it to be awful. So, you know, first of all, I want to say that. Second of all, the live crowd did not like this match. So you have to say, like, whatever they were trying to do here did not work for the live crowd at all. Uh, They were dead for the vast majority of it. But in a vacuum, did I enjoy my 22 and a half minutes watching this match? I did. I don't know what else I can say. I really liked it. Uh, did I have a good time watching it? I did have a good time watching it. I mean, I have to be honest. I'm, I could come on here and tell you that I fucking hate it when I didn't to fit in with everybody, or I can give you my honest opinion. And my honest opinion is I had a good time watching it. I don't know if, you know, when I post it in the Slack again, like, uh, you know, somebody replied and was like, I think this, this is finally broke. The quarantine has already broken John's brain, which is very <laughs> possible. But I really, the, there was like, a, there was like this early feeling out process and striking and, I really liked all that stuff. It looked good and stiff, and both guys showed really good intensity. Uh, you know, I thought they totally, like, a, the match had a good internal logic with, like, Sekimoto, you know, not selling a lot for Daichi early and just, like, clearly established himself as the dominant force in the match. Uh, it was definitely, like, again, a little slow in plotting, and I can totally get why a lot of other people hated it, but, like, um, I even liked Daichi's selling uh, in, in Sekimoto's, like, holds, like, the most of the Boston crowds and stuff. I mean, the screaming is still very annoying, but <laughs> I actually thought it was a little bit less annoying than it was in, like, a Kohei, like, like fucking Kohei Sato match from a Sumo Hall last year that really sucked. You know, I thought the screaming was weirdly, like, less annoying and, like, the the selling other than the screaming was actually, like, weirdly really good. Um, so I have to give Daichi's credit there. Um, where Daichi really fell flat for me, and this is what keeps it keeps me from quite going four stars on it, is, you know, it sets up for, the entire thing sets up for his big comeback, and the comeback was him hitting two very weak-looking Shining Wizards to no reaction. That was really bad, and I had to take the match down for that. Um, it did roll in second mode, like, blocked the third one with a Lariat, and, like, started killing him with more Lariats. You know, that, I mean, this match, at that point, almost felt like Sekimoto just beat this fucking geek and kill him. But then, like, when Daichi came back with, like, the next Shining Wizards, they were, like, a big improvement. I thought that at that point, they started looking a lot better, uh, just as, around the 20-minute mark. And then, you know, he runs in and gets murdered with another Sekimoto Lariat. Uh, 
you know, Daichi, he like, it almost looks like he he gets lucky where he basically catches Sekimoto trying to go to the top and like just dumps him on the back of his neck with this real looking German. That looked great. And then he finally hits another Shining Wizard, which, you know, again, it almost felt like that escalated really well. And like the last Shining Wizard looked the best of all of them. So that was good. And then hits the vertical drop DET for the pin. Uh, I can't go four stars, but I was really close. I went three and three quarters. I really liked it. Uh, I will be the only person on this island. I don't care. I thought it was really good. Go ahead, Thomas. Bury until, me. until Jack Beckman watches. <laughs> What'd you say? I said until Jack Beckman watches the match, he'll go four and three quarters. So. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, um, I'm not as low as some people on this, but I, I do think you, you just have dog shit taste in wrestling. No, um, it, it really wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Um, it was fine. I mean, I'm not gonna bury it. The crowd was was non-existent. Um, like you said, some of the Shining Wizards at the start looked really bad. I thought the screaming was not good. Um, but I thought, you know, they got me into it at some points. Um, Daichi's selling is always pretty good outside of the screaming. Um, I think that's generally true. Um, and I think, you know, the the Big Japan strong style is something that always appeals to me. So, you know, the lariats and suplexes and everything, they got me. Um, I was unspoiled on this, and they got me on, on a Daisuke German um, which Daichi kicked out at the very last second, and I thought that was good. Um, I mean, all in all, I don't think I could call it a good match. Um, I thought it was a a better than average match. I went three stars on it. You know, um, you know, I I didn't hate it. So I'm sorry I can't bury you, John, as much as I want to. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like everyone's going to be screaming at their phones right now. Um, but you know, I I can't bury this. Daichi's a guy that I used to be a Daichi defender, and then last year I I hated him, and then. This year, I'm like slowly like crawling back that's, towards. That's like, exactly hey. where I am too, because I liked his match yeah. a couple weeks ago too. Like, I, I don't think he's look. He's not great. I mean, he's not. You, yeah. you could argue he's not even good, but I don't think he's like the worst fucking wrestler on the earth. Like some people seem to think. So, I mean, there are so many wrestlers that annoy me a lot worse than than Daichi this year. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. It, he's he's not he's not like uniquely bad. Um, he does some things that annoy me, but he's not like awful. Um, and yeah, I went three stars. Like I didn't love it, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was one of the better matches of the show. I, it, I, it was, it was the match of night by a mile for me. I, I went, I was my number two match of the night. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, not, not a high bar because I really did not enjoy the undercard. Um, yeah, the show but... is bad by the way. Like, don't, there's no need to watch this show. Like, first of all, I, I can't even recommend this one in good faith because like, uh, you know, as far as, like, most people I listen, are listening to this are going to hate it. Like, and the only way you like this match is if you're the type of person who can enjoy a wrestling match that the live crowd clearly doesn't give a fuck about. So if you can't enjoy a, a match that the crowd doesn't give a fuck about, then you're not going to like this match. And you also have to be able to be the type of person that, like... So you have to be a modern WWE fan, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, you have, to, you have to be, like... John, the truth comes up. You have to separate, like, the match from the crowd reaction to be able to like this match. And you have to be, like, very into, like, the Big Japan uh, strong style, the strong, you know, world title style. Like, you know, um, you know, Thomas just said he was also into... I'm also, like, I love that match style. You know, some of my be- favorite matches are in that style. So, you know, I'm going to like this more than your average person. But... Like mm-hmm. if you're not if that if you're not into like a a slow 
heavyweight match that builds and builds and builds. And, you know, it's never, it's always logical. It always makes sense. Like, everything pays off at the end. You know, there's no fucking phantom leg selling or anything else. Even when it's not exciting, it it all makes sense. The problem is that, like, you know, the reason why I couldn't go four is, like, the stuff that's boring is pretty boring. Uh, The crowd really does hurt it at times. And those two, if those fucking two first two Shining Wizards to start, to start that comeback looks good, I mean, I might have gotten more than four, but like they fucking look so bad. They look and really that, bad. Yeah. yeah, and that like to me is the ultimate flaw of this match. Is, is those fucking Shining Wizards look like shit. So I can't go higher because of that. But like Sekimoto, I thought was fucking awesome in this match. Like I thought he, he was, was like, great. Yeah, he yeah. was so good. So. Anyway, mm-hmm. I have to be. I have to be fair. I can't come on here and tell you I hated the match when I really liked it. It was probably the best match. I. It's the. I mean, it's the best match we're going to talk about in this show. Apparently, because I like to bet anything on the DDT show. Uh, you know, it just felt like, I don't know. Maybe the maybe maybe uh I want to give the proper credit. It was Taylor who said maybe the quarantine has driven me insane. So uh, shout out to Taylor, uh, formerly frequent guest, now has his own show on uh, Joshi Jumping Bomb. Uh, Radio, right? Isn't jump, jumping bomb audio? I think jumping bomb something. Yeah, jumping bomb something. I listened to the first episode. I don't remember what it's called, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, there you go. So as far as yeah. that, I mean, that's really the only match I have anything to say on this fucking show. I mean, but we'll go through the rest you of it anyway. I mean, until, the rest until this match, my highest rated match on the show was two and three quarter stars. Yeah, I mean, there's really no. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. So match six was the Scorpion and Cactus death match. Minoru Fujita and uh, Josh Crane beating Toshiyuki Sakuda and Takumi Sukamoto in twelve twenty six. Uh, if you want to talk shit about a fucking death match on this show, this is the one to talk shit about. I think uh, it was pretty Not fucking good. pretty fucking terrible. I mean, all that Scorpion <laughs> bullshit. I really like. I don't know. I don't really have a ton to say about this except, like, you know, there would, there would be some good spots and it would get going and then that fucking scorpion tank shit would just grind into a halt. Like, watching a guy, like, slowly put another man's head into a scorpion tank is not interesting. I'm sorry. It's not fun. It's not entertaining. I don't want to watch... I don't watch fucking Fear Factor. I don't care. Like, it just it doesn't work for me. So, uh, you know, it, it's not a good reason to have a wrestling match. So, yeah. it wasn't a big no, it was not. And we should mention, I think Minoru Fujita, who was in this match, came out after the main event to challenge Ito for the deathmatch. I think that match is going to be on the Endless Survivor show, which is um, another Yokohama Bunker show most years. Yeah. Um, so if you're into Minoru Fujita... It's on May, May 5th. May 5th, yeah. yeah. So that is Endless Survivor. That's like always one that yeah. is, yeah. Yokohama Bunker. Uh, which, by the way, this is the same building where their very first show was, but that's a cool little sign. But this building's going to yeah. close soon, so they got to get all their Yokohama Bunka yeah. dates and they can. I think uh, they're doing it like four or five times this year, which is crazy. Yeah. So this is one of the, the next match, I guess, is one of the ones I liked better than you, which is uh, the Scramble Bunkhouse four way tag team death match with uh, Yankee 2 Kenju, Yuko Miyamoto, and Izami Kodaka defeating Takashi Sasaki and Yuki Ishikawa. Uh, Masaya Takanashi and Drew Parker and Ken Kurohoshino and Masato Inaba in 9.13, a moonsault press by Miyamoto on Hoshino. Uh, this really was one of those death matches. It's not really a death match. It was just a, a hardcore yeah. tag match. But I had a good time. I mean, like, I went three and a quarter on it. I thought it was a, a fun little hardcore tag match. I mean, Yankee 2 Kenju are almost always awesome, and they were here, I thought. They really carried this one for me. I, I, I enjoyed this one. I mean, nothing like you have to run out and see, but it was good enough for me. 
No, they definitely carried it. Um, I went two and three quarters, you know. I don't really remember anything that happened other than Yankee turned to Gunjo being, you know, very good as always. Um, you know, a fine little match. Match four, Kamikaze, Ryo Dohama, and Yasufumi Nakanoe beating Luji Okabayashi, Ryuchi Kawakami, and Kazumi Kikuta in 933. It was the Okidu press by Hama on Okabayashi. So interesting that Okabayashi got was the one who yeah. got pinned here. Why is he taking pins? I don't know. Uh, this was like the ultimate just a match. I mean, I don't, yeah. I didn't even take any notes about it at all. Like nothing stood out to me in this nine and a half minutes. I went two and a half. I also went two and a half. <laughs> uh, match number three, and I guess this is also another one I liked more than you. Uh, Anrio, Shinobu, uh, and then the, the Speed of Sounds, Osugi and Banana Senga beating Yuya Aoki, Kazuki Hashimoto, Tatsuhiko Yoshino, and Kodaseki Fuda in 738. Shinobu with the sex on Aoki. Uh, look, this was a fun little junior multi-man. Uh, the highlight of the match was probably everybody colliding and Onryo's uh, dust going flying. I gave it three stars. I thought it was good enough. Definitely nothing that you, again, nothing you got to run out to say, but a fun enough undercard match. Uh, I went two and three quarters, so slightly under you. Who'd you say got the pen? It was... Uh, what's it? I think it was Shinobu. Shinobu, yeah, yeah. so... Um, Aoki's the champ, so I assume that'll be a title match down the line, um, potentially, which should be good. I like I like both guys. So, uh, match two is Tajiri Katsuhiko Matsuzaki and Hiroyuki Kondo defeating Great Kojika and the Brahmins in eight oh one. This, like I said on Twitter, this gives you one of the one of those twenty twenty questions: Are the Brahmin brothers wearing these surgical masks for comedy purposes, or out of a legitimate fear of contracting a deadly virus? <laughs> You said you had answers for me, Thomas. What's your answer? Well, you know, John, you know, I did DM the Brown brothers, but I did not get a response by the time of recording. Okay, so. there you go. Uh, but yeah, this is a, this is a, a match that happened. <laughs> not one it of the was, better Brown brothers. Matches. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't think it was bad. Okay. I didn't think it was bad or good. I thought it was, it, it yeah. existed. It Exactly, it existed, which I'm not a Brahmin lover, so that's all I can ask for Brahmin matches. Uh, the opener was Kishin Kawabata beating Yuichi Taniguchi, the same opener for the very first Big Japan show 25 years ago. And like last time, Kiwabata won, this time in 757 with a second rope diving senton. Uh, it was a very slow old guy match. What do you want me to yeah, tell you? They tried. It sucked, but I mean, it was kind of cool that they did the same match 25 years later. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. dark match was the. Basically, or it was Oka Udo, Takahiro Kato, and Akira Hayoto defeating Hiroshi Kamatani. Why the fuck is Kamatani in dark matches? And Takahiro Nomura, why is he in a dark match? It was like, what the fuck? And they lost. John, he, he challenged for the strong title less than a month ago, and now he's in the dark match losing to a team with young guys getting the pin. Like, I don't The Takuya Nomura just disaster, you know for big japan it's just impossible to watch like please just just leave the company no more like, <laughs> so fucking leave. that's true like you know you look at the okami tag team and it's like one guy's in the semi-main event and one guy's in the dark match like you watch those tag matches where they're together i mean it's not like daichi is like blowing kamatani out of the water yeah i think it's you know eh. whatever uh but yeah kosuke sato was the one who got pinned i mean this was fun while it lasted hard-hitting uh, you know, I enjoy. I won like two and three quarters. It was better than a lot of stuff on the main card. 
I thought it was it was kind of whatever. But. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the and then I, the other note I made was the opening video of like relatively upbeat music set to a montage of like a lot of truly horrifying deathmatch spots was like, <laughs> quite something. But there you go, Big Japan twenty fifth anniversary, not what I would call a good show. Uh, nothing I can really recommend because even like I said, the semi main which I really liked, I think most people will not like. So definitely skip that show unless you're already that hard up for content when you're. Uh, <laughs> we're all in lockdown for the next like if maybe you'll if, if you watch it in the next six months especially if japanese wrestling uh grinds to a halt again I, I guess i don't blame you but uh you know whatever yep big japan they had two shows today and yesterday both are gonna make tape so that's the first three days of the strong climber all making when's, tape, when's so. oh march 20th making tape on nico nico when's that make tape uh april 2nd it says wow, so it takes a lot yeah it's gonna make tape yeah. after the next one so yeah that's day three will make tape like a full week before day two so that is a good transition because let's talk about what uh we're going to talk about the next week's on Mikatsu, which you're not cu- you're not coming back thomas but i'm going to come back so. john <laughs> i already have a guest lined up i'm not going to make you do this every week. Uh, but yes next week we have all japan returning oh we should mention noah returned on the 21st so noah is also back oh did that uh, I didn't yeah see they that. came back for a show in um where the fuck was it let me see it was in the yamada green dome uh my bashi sub event arena and it drew 206 fans so noah is back uh zero one of course never left the only promotion not running right now is new japan and they haven't announced Mm -hmm. anything uh we assume we might hear something on monday because you know new japan almost never announced anything on holidays and friday was a national holiday so maybe you'll hear something from them monday or tuesday if they're gonna run sakura genesis on the 31st it has not been canceled yet um but yeah so noah's back all japan's coming back on the 23rd so that'll be a cork and hall and gayora just announced they are not gonna tape it gayora is still refusing to air these shows during these uh coronavirus outbreak but it is going to air on ajpw.tv i, I assume no gayora means it's going to be single cam but i'm not 100 percent sure i guess we'll find out uh, but the main event is Kento Miyahara defending the Triple Crown against Suwama. Uh, the semi-main is the All Japan World Junior Heavyweight title. Susumu Yokosuka from Dragon Gate defending against Izanagi. Uh, of course, he's from the, the new Purple Haze unit, or that they're called. Is that right, Purple Haze? I think so. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, third from the top, the All-Asia Tag Titles, Jake Lee and Koji Iwamoto against Izami Kodaka and y- Yuko Miyamoto, Yakitu Kenju. I'm really excited for that. That could be really great. Um, That's going to rock. Jake Lee has been killing it this year, and I feel like not a lot of people have taken notice. Yes, so Jake, maybe Lee's that'll been, be... Jake Lee's been good, and Yankee 2 Genjo always rule. So. Yeah. Uh, you have the Road to the 2020 Champion Carnival, which as of now is still on. Uh, Zeus, Yuma Aoyagi, and Kai taking over Yuji Sai, Ayato Yoshida, and Gianni Valletta, who made it into the country before <laughs> they shut down uh, all travel from Europe or whatever, the, the 14-day, uh, you know, quarantine we were talking about. So good for Gianni Valletta, I guess. Um, you have Junakiyama, Omori, and Osama Nishimura against Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, and Jinsei Shinzaki making a rare appearance. Uh, Shuji Ishikawa, Yusuke Okada, and Hikaru Sato against Black Minso Ray, Francesco Akira, I guess also made it into the country. I haven't heard anything that he hasn't. And Sukutaka Sato. Uh, and there you go. And what's the? I don't even know what the fifth Ashinaru Cup is, but apparently that's yeah. I know. I saw that. Um, I, I I don't know. I see a I see um a tweet from All Japan's English account 
We got an unofficial account saying Rising Hiato, Dan Tamura, Takoto Omori, and Atsuki Ayagi gathered for today's SNR Cup conference. I think they're in a tag match. Okay. Um, to open the show, so maybe it's whoever gets the pin or whichever team yeah. gets the pin. So it's apparently a proving ground for the young stars. Okay. So there you go. We'll so see. that'll be their opening two matches, the SNR Cup. So we got yeah. some All Japan action to look forward to this week. That'll be coming up on Monday, the 23rd. Uh, so All Japan returns. Uh, Stardom returns to Reading with Fans on the 24th for the Princess Cup, which is a one night. Oh, the Cinderella tournament. What am I saying? Princess is Tokyo Joshi. The Cinderella tournament, which is a one night uh, tournament with. I'm trying to remember what the fuck. What are the exact rules again? <laughs> it's like uh, five minutes. It's like five minutes, right. and you can do pin submission or over the top rope. And then after the, maybe... after the five minutes, they just both eliminate, right? There's no like yeah. If it's, if it, there's no tiebreaker like Tokyo Joshi. Okay, that's it. what I was trying to remember. But yeah, so it's pin submission or over the top rope. Uh, so it's a one night tournament. The winner gets whatever title shot they want. Uh, the show is going forward fans, which you would think is a good sign for New Japan. It's, it's the same parent company, and Stardom actually shut down before New Japan did. Uh, like they shut down their with fan shows before the everybody else started shutting that down. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Cinderella tournament round one, you have Momo Watanabe versus Starlight Kid, Jungle Kiona versus Julia. That should be pretty good. Konami versus Izumi, that could be awesome for a five-minute match. Uh, Sayuri against Jamie Hayter. Uh, Tam Nakano, oh, if, she, if she's in the country. Uh, Tam Nakano and Saki Kashima. Uh, Saya Kamitani and Natsuka Tora. Utami Hashishida versus Micah, the reunite or reigniting that feud. And finally, Mayu Iwatani against Hana Kimura, which could be awesome. And then the rest of the card will be the second round, the semis, and the finals. Uh, the first round will air live on YouTube. So that'll be about 5 30 a.m. Eastern on the 24th, which is uh, Tuesday. So only the first round, though. And the rest of the show, basically, the new thing they're doing is instead of making us wait for, like, all the translations and everything. They're going to put the entire show up. They said, um, you know, by midnight Japan time the same day on Stardom World. So the show will be available to see the entire thing by midnight Japan time. And then the, like, the show with translations and stuff will come later in the week. So I guess that's going to be the new thing. So there you go. Yep. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the – what was the other show we're talking about next week? Oh, yeah, and the Big Japan oh, – yeah. March 21st, Korokin, which is going to air on March 28th on Samurai. So that will be the third night of the Strong Climb. So that airs almost exactly a week from today. So, uh, you know, once uh, I'm sure it'll make, like, it'll people upload it and stuff, you know, once once it hits the airwaves. So there you go. That's what's going on right now. There is, for now, plenty of Japanese wrestling to talk about. So uh, as long as that continues, I will continue talking about it here. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to, but I would, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm trying to keep in mind that like all of this could be shut down again any day. So, you know, John will go to talking about WXW. No, be great. I will, I, well, they're not running either. Are they? Probably not. <laughs> no, you're going to shut down too. I mean, John, will, John will go to talking about anime or something. That's what John will go to. <laughs> like, we'll do some Gundam wing talk. Uh, I don't, I, I really don't know what I would do if they shut it down again. I guess we'll say. I mean, I'm, I'm. Zero one will never shut down. Zero one will never shut down. Big, there'll always be Big Japan zero one. So, <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thomas, give me some plugs. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rasslin Just, uh, you know, I was reading something about the virus. Just like, 
it's the good way to look at it is don't think about it as you know you could get it think pretend like you already have it and don't spread it to other people don't be a dick because yeah. you might have it and not know it so yeah just have you know be a good person don't do stupid things yeah uh but yeah i mean you know it's just like we're all gonna have to get through this you know that's all there is to it like i it's made me i, I i'm not gonna lie it's made me very de- depressed this week you know especially when i keep looking at twitter and seeing you know what's going on in italy and now what's going on in new york and i've had to really try to disconnect myself as best i can because i just you know I, I i'm the type of person that cannot stop reading about this stuff for whatever reason it just i don't know if it's a control thing or what but like i have to like even though it's making me sad i just keep reading it and that's very much you know it's not good i think we all have to get better at you know taking care of our mental health and not reading this stuff when it's upsetting but uh you know i'm just trying to think keeping you know i'm just trying to keep in mind like i said on twitter earlier like you know we're gonna be stuck here for a while we're not gonna be able to go out and enjoy ourselves but like thomas is saying it's for the good of everybody uh it's just it's something we're gonna have to get through you know whether it's i i mean in my head i'm thinking at least two months for the strictest stuff uh it's really like our lives are going to be impacted for probably you know more like 18 months until we have a vaccine but like you know all we can do is uh stick together and hope to get through it and you know it is what it is there's nothing nothing anyone else can do about it except you know i'm kind of trailing off here but like we there's no point in getting yourself upset about it because you know there's nothing you can do right so we all have to just get through it together uh you know get through it the best we can i'm gonna try to i'm gonna start trying to really like focus on learning japanese again and look at it as an opportunity to do that and you know hope hope i have a job still you know as long as i keep still have a job i'm one of the lucky ones compared to a lot of people i know already so you know it is what it is just have to trust we'll get through it and you know be be thankful we're not one of the people sitting in an icu so you know i'm really i i have to stop reading about those because it's really like absolutely horrifying so i hope everybody listening to this is uh healthy i hope if you get the coronavirus you're you know, it's, you're one of the people that has mild symptoms or, you know, just has a more like flu-like symptoms. I hope you don't get pneumonia and I hope it doesn't affect any of your family. The same kind of stuff I said last week, you know, uh, my heart goes out to everybody and I, I hope we all get through this together. I keep saying that over and over again, but there's, that's the yeah. only thing we can say is like we have to get through this together and, you know, the goddamn U.S. government has to fucking do something, get off their ass and help people because a lot of people are, you know, suffering just for not even just the people in the healthcare system, but just people losing losing their jobs and stuff. So we'll see. All right, folks. Yep. On that very positive note, uh, thank, <laughs> you <all> for, <laughs> thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Russell Omakase. Wrestling did not fit. Next week, I'll be recording with uh, TJ from the One Wrestling Podcast. Uh, originally, we were going to talk about the Wrestle One. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said, oh, no. Yeah, we were going to talk about that Russell 1 March 15th show that was supposed to air on the 23rd, which is why I scheduled him. But uh, the show was not airing because, as we mentioned, Gayar did not decide not to tape this month because of the coronavirus. So, But there's still three shows we'll talk about. You know, All Japan. Yeah, three good shows, yeah. All Japan, Stardom, and Big Japan we just mentioned. So we're going to talk about those. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Russell 1 coming to an end and all that stuff. So there you go. All right, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening, and, you know, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time.